we got pushed around a little bit tonight. And uh, whether that's a mindset or, or what it is, I don't know. But uh, it's disappointing. Well, everybody, it's time for another post-game overreaction, courtesy of Corn Nation. Greg Mahachko here with uh, Evan. And you just heard straight from head coach Scott Frost's mouth, uh, post-game press conference, very interesting use of the word mindset. Uh, and, you know, in this re- case, he's saying he doesn't know if it's a mindset. Obviously, the Huskers got pushed around by Minnesota. Um, but the word mindset was used earlier in the week by Troy Walters when talking about, you know, some of the uh, preparatory methods that P.J. Fleck was uh, instilling in Minnesota to get his team ready for the cold and, and the, the conditions, you know, the, the putting the hands in the ice water, the, the you know, ice water or buckets of ice water on the head or, or you know, uh, spraying down the, the footballs with cold water, whatever they were doing. And Walter says, you know, we're not doing anything like that. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. So the, the fact that Frost, maybe I'm reading too much into this, Evan, but the fact that Frost, uh, you know, echoed that word a little bit uh, uh, was intriguing to me. But nonetheless, thirty-four to seven Huskers on the downside of this one, and uh, and yeah, Frost said it right there in the in the post-game quote. They got pushed around, and and you know we're not going to pull up the official stats or anything like that tonight. But I know at one point on the ground, uh, Minnesota had outgained Nebraska like three hundred yards to one hundred and fifty uh, yards rushing. Um, Tell, tell me a little bit about where you're at <sighs> after that game. <clears throat> you know, I so last weekend we went out to Lincoln uh, at the bars there after that win over Northwestern. That was really fun, and we were me and my friends were going to go out uh, to the bars in Omaha this weekend after this game. And by the middle of the second quarter, I already knew. Tonight, I wasn't going to feel like drinking. And, you know, when you don't even feel good enough to drink after a game, you know it's bad. There was nothing to celebrate about this one. Uh, I encourage anybody who wants to relive the the tragedy, uh, so to speak, you know, in perspective, the the sports uh, athletic competition tragedy will, will, you know, try to, you know, put a little perspective in it. Go back to coordination.com, read the recap that Jill did. Uh, it's just depressing, and, and it devolved, uh, you know, from a, a little bit of detail uh, to, you know, federal pass incomplete or federal run, you know, comma, incomplete pass, comma, Mo Washington. Penalty. Yeah, penalty or, you know, sack or things like that. By the, the fourth quarter, I think it was all gifts that Jill was using to describe uh, the, the situation. So um, not it's, it, you know, the, the Colorado loss sucked because we've been, you know, hearing them talk for a year about, you know, that the rivalry or, you know, if you consider it a rivalry or not. Uh, but that one, we, you know, we were up big. Then we had to kind of claw our way back. Ended up losing it because we don't have a kicker. The Ohio State loss, I mean, it, it's what Ohio State's done to about every team this year. So, you know, that one I can almost forgive, but nobody expected us to go into Minnesota and shit the bed 
and in such epic fashion as as they did. Now, granted, no Adrian Martinez, and I think early in the second quarter we lost Wandale Robinson. Although I did see uh, Pops Robinson say that he's not on crutches, so that is a good sign. Um, but you had Noah Vedral starting, and you had an ineffective offensive line. You had uh, uh, an inability on defense to set the edge and contain their running game. And the the times that you you loaded up the box and were able to make a stop uh, on their rushing attack, uh, Morgan ended up uh, beating you more often than not with the with the arm. So it it was you know tough sledding on a, on a crappy night in Minnesota. Yeah, I. Uh... I don't even know what to say. My, like you said, nobody expected us to get whooped in the fashion that we did. I know a lot of people did expect us to lose the game. Um, but I mean, I would have thought that it would have been at least a one possession game. I thought we were going to win. Me did. I did too. That, that was kind of the yeah, consensus, I mean, uh, you know, from the five heart podcast guys is that we'd win by, you know, a, a score to two scores, you know, like a, a 35 to 21 type of, you know, point differential. Yeah. I mean, my score prediction was uh, 22 to 21. And that was because I figured we'd have to go for two after every uh, touchdown after missing a <laughs> PAT early on in the game. And uh, I think th- th- for me, another reason why I hate, I mean, I, I tweeted this out from at uh, the number five heart podcast uh, account just, I guess, after or maybe perhaps just before the game kicked off when Baylor and Texas Tech were running in overtime. And I said, well, that's another reason to hate, you know, or, or, or I think I said it, I put it as a, another, you know, check mark in the pros column for 11 a.m. kickoffs because you don't have to wait for that, <laughs> that previous game to, yeah. to finish. Um, but I think for me, like I've been awake. Now I I'm not saying I had like a, a hard day. You know, I, I I was didn't leave the house. I barely went outside today. But I've been awake since about six o'clock this morning, which is, you know, sleeping in for me, uh, because of my job. But, you know, chasing around a, a three year old and and uh, you know, it, it's every minute of the day builds that anticipation for Nebraska football. And so when it's mm-hmm. an eleven o'clock, you know, kickoff. There's a lot less anticipation because I've been awake a lot less. Uh, Six thirty game or primetime game. And we've had a lot of those this season, and I don't know. Nebraska doesn't seem to, I guess, answer the bell uh, very well in in primetime. I don't know if it's the 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 big audience or what. I think, I, and they probably don't even think about it. I I would hope that they don't. You know, like, oh man, we're going to be nationwide TV. You know, but think about it in 2019 even on the big 10 network there's a good chance that's you know being picked up coast to coast you know they're husker fans yeah all over you know and and, and they're all watching the game or, or you know uh streaming or something like that um so the audience really shouldn't change but i think it throws the team out of their rhythm and in doing so it, it messes uh, first world problem it messes up my day when, when you know I, I that anticipation builds and then you see Minnesota go out and uh, march down the field I think in like five plays 70 something yards that first uh, drive and they're just running the ball gashing the defense 
you know, for big play after big play. And they just, they just kept going. They just kept doing it all night long. And, uh, and then the game's over and you feel empty and, and a little hollow inside. Oh, yeah. I felt really hollow after that. I mean, what, here's what I don't understand. I don't understand why they even scheduled this game for 6:30 in the first place. I mean, granted, Minnesota is five and zero, but you would have thought that there could have been another game because it's not like it's not like the B, the Big Ten Network was televising our game. Right. That was FS1, so you would have thought that there could have been another game on that today that could have sufficed for the six thirty kickoff. Well, let's see some of the the. Um, of course, Notre Dame USC was prime time. Uh, you had mm-hmm. Iowa Penn State prime time. Um, I mean, I I guess when was the last time? And you might not know this. I I, I certainly don't know this. Um, but and if anybody knows this and just wants to, you know, tweet at at Coronation or at the Number Five Heart Podcast or something like that. But maybe like the last Red River Shootout. You know, Oklahoma, Texas. When the last time that was played in, in prime time, or is that always designated for you know an afternoon or, or, or early game? Um, but uh, you know, there were. I think I think it's always been eleven o'clock. The last time that they that Texas and Oklahoma played at night for a seven o'clock game would have been the Big Twelve championship last year. But I, I honestly have no idea when the last time they played the designated Red River rivalry at night. It's always been at 11 o'clock. All right. Um, so that, you know, but but there there would have been better matchups, better games. And, and, and I guess to Fox's credit, they probably expected Nebraska to be a little bit more competitive. You know, it's, yeah. it's a, you know, I don't know exactly when they set the time for this particular uh, week's game. Um, you know, I know it's usually a, a couple weeks out, if, if not longer. But they're probably looking to say, "Oh well, you know, let's say it was before Ohio State, so you're three it was and right one. after. Oh, it was right after. Okay, so you're three and two, um, and, and they're like, okay, well, Nebraska's, you know, looking likely to win in Northwestern, or, or maybe Fox doesn't care. Maybe they just see the brand of Nebraska mm-hmm. and the upstart Michigan or not Michigan, Minnesota, and they're just." You know, like well, hell, let's throw that one on prime time. I I don't know. I don't know how they pick them. I uh, I don't like it, and I hope that we never see another prime time game ever again, until like the Big Ten Championship twenty twenty. Yeah, well, we're not getting there this year. That's for sure. Yeah, we could run the table, right? No, we will not beat Wisconsin and Fabley. With how Iowa's played the last two weeks, we're probably not going to beat them. We'll find be that way. I mean, no, I, I know, I, I know. You're you're being realistic, and I'm being sarcastic. It's fine. Oh, um, I, I know you are. It, I know you're not being realistic. Um, and here, here's the thing: but, if that's if that's what you know, Wisconsin beat Michigan State, shut them out thirty-eight to nothing, and that was mm-hmm. with a calm, quiet night or, or day from Jonathan Taylor, who had, I think, 26 carries for 80-something yards and two touchdowns. Uh, so Nebraska clearly couldn't stop the run against Minnesota. 
Jonathan Taylor's going to, you know, hand him his break the rushing record. Well, he he's going to do what Melvin Gordon did. He's going to do what Monte Ball did. He's going to get himself a trip to New York on the back of Nebraska's defense. Yep. And that's you know I, I hate to say that because we're, we're you know we're a month away from that, but it's you know let, let the the way this the the def, run defense and I'll say this I think the pass defense performed pretty admirably tonight. There were a few you know miscues or or you know uh, misses, but they also Minnesota also didn't have to throw the ball a lot, you know, and that that's uh mm-hmm. I don't know it's tough. I agree, and you know. I went into the game, I went into this weekend hearing how Minnesota struggled to run the ball for the first four weeks of the year. And then last week they beat Illinois and they ran the ball a lot. They got a ton of yards on the ground. And I was thinking, okay, well, that's Illinois. We shouldn't have a problem stopping the run, right? Like we, we did good last week. I mean, I know Northwestern's inept on offense, but, I mean, we should still be able to hold them under 150 yards rushing. And I figured, you know, they're going to have to beat us through the air because, you know, Minnesota's strength on offense, from what I was hearing, was were their receivers. And, you know, if that would have been the case, I think this would have been a completely different ballgame. But for whatever reason, our guys can't seem to tackle and set the edge when – the opponent runs the ball. And to, I mean, they get six yards. To the defense's credit, to the defense's credit, they did not uh, let they did not let any Minnesota running back get to 150 yards. They did, however, let three <laughs> uh, Minnesota players get over 100 yards rushing. Um, but yeah, is exactly what you said. It was just. He, the the I don't know I don't know if ineptitude is, is the right one. I'm looking forward to this upcoming Five Heart podcast. Uh, you know, almost a week away now is you know when that'll drop. But you know, hearing Haas's thoughts about it after he has a chance to uh, watch it when he's a little less distracted, go Haas, go Haas, go. Uh, and John, <laughs> you, you know, who witnessed it, uh, you know, there in in person and getting pictures uh, of the game, uh, you know, uh, doing photography down there on the sideline. So I'm looking forward to hearing their perspectives about it, um, but it's it was such a I I don't want to say a zero effort game because look there, there there's not a part of me uh, you know from from head to toe that thinks that these guys weren't out there trying I just don't know perhaps or can I go ahead I was gonna say I just don't know. Perhaps if uh, it's a situation of yeah, preparation. Well, I don't necessarily know about the the whole preparation thing, and I'll get into that in a second. So I'll just touch on the point you made about you don't know if it was a no-effort type game. Well, I think it was a no-effort type game in the second half. Um, I really do. When Maurice Washington fumbled that ball on uh, the kick return, um, and, you know, they ended up calling it back, but the camera panned over to Frost, and I read Frost's lips, and it was he was screaming at them, run off the field. Like, don't just walk off nonchalantly like, oh, well, we lost. I mean, 
it's like I don't know if the mentality is still there, like for but for some players, like it was in Bo Pelini and Mike Riley's time, where if they got down, they were like, "Well, we lost. Like we don't know what else to do." Uh, in terms of the no preparation thing, I mean, I don't even. First of all, don't even get me started about the we should have prepared for the cold because I mean, Frost right. It's a mentality thing. It's not let's stick our hands in ice uh, to make sure we can catch the ball. Um, so the thing that drove me nuts was first quarter, we were able to move the ball pretty well. We moved the ball pretty well into their territory, three different drives at the beginning of the game. First drive, we turned it over on downs, and then the next two drives that we got it, it was we shot ourselves in the foot, and we got that stupid block in the back penalty. We got another penalty. I, I mean, and we just kept moving back. Oh, the other one was Vedro got sacked twice in a row. I mean, you can't have that stuff happen when you're trying to go win a football game. And I know there were still other drives where we could have done stuff, but when you start off the game and you're driving down into the opponent's territory and you can't kick a field goal because we don't have a kicker, and you shoot yourself in the foot on two other drives. You gotta understand, like you gotta think, the offense is probably getting worn out, and they're like, "Man, we can't do anything," and they're probably getting down on themselves. And you know, I seriously think it's a mentality thing, and I don't know how that gets fixed. I mean, some of these guys are Scott Frost players, some aren't. Do we need to wait for Mike Riley's players to all leave? I mean, do we need to wait two more years before this can get fixed? I think. Look, and I'll I'll defer to uh, our good friends at uh, of Bangerings and Daggers, who you know uh, Patrick and Nate, who've said numerous times that it it takes a lot less time to turn over a basketball roster than a football roster because, (laughs) you know, first of all, it's a smaller roster. And, you know, if you get the right amount of talent in there, you know, they could be in and gone in, you know, a year or two. Uh, And hopefully, you know, uh, Fred Hoiberg and company will have the program moving in that direction where, you know, where uh, big time recruits want to come to Lincoln you know, got top-notch facilities, things like that, and then, you know, play hard, have success, move on, you know, to, to the next level. In football, it's it's a lot more difficult because, man, there's so many challenges. First of all, there's the NFL rule of, you know, got to be out of high school for three years, etc. And I don't disagree necessarily with that rule, but that's because more out of jealousy and spite than anything, you know, like uh, I, I was never good at athletics, so... I think that somebody, you know, you should you should have some semblance of education. Um, anyway, uh, that that's just me being petty. Um, but there is going to be like what we were. I think at the beginning of the year, you know, we were calling 2019 the revenge tour. I Man, we're a couple of years away from that. Uh, this team's not ready yet. Uh, you know, when when you've got you've got a young 
offensive line. You've got an old defensive line that, you know, think about it. You're going to be replacing your, your three starters on the defensive line, you know, next year. You got the Davis Twins and Darian Daniels, uh, who are all seniors. Uh, you're going to be replacing one of your top, you know, defenders in Mo Berry. But so I, I think that they're, look, one of the biggest challenges that the Frost and company had, you know, and, and they were, applauded for it when they were coaching UCF, you know, to a win over Auburn and still recruiting for Nebraska. And they were still getting guys like an Adrian Martinez, uh, you know, Maurice Washington, who of course, you know, had, had to get here a little bit later, but, but got here nonetheless. Um, they're, they're bringing in Wandale Robinson's Wandale Robinson would not have looked at Nebraska under Mike Riley or Bo Pelini. No, I agree. You know, so I agree. The, I mean, the they're talent, doing better recruiting. The talent is is improving, and and with the, the talent improving, I think the um, you know a uh, 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 high tide raises all ships type of thing, you know, uh, and that's not a that's not any row the boat reference at all. Um, but when oh, when no. right, I know when the overall level of talent is improved i think everybody feels that you know from from you know the starting quarterback to the second string long snapper you know uh everybody everybody's going to feel that energy i think look i i think this is a team that loves its coach i there's no doubt about that i just think they've got to you still got so many guys you know who forgot what it was like to win but we're still we still have as many wins this year as we had the last two seasons and it's not like this was Thanksgiving weekend and we're done now we've got five more games there's still an opportunity to go bowling let's not completely write off to see look and it is aggravated as I was watching this game I'm not writing off this team I'm not writing off this coaching staff um, brighter days better times are ahead so, so on the topic of wins, right? We have five more games. Three are at home. We have Indiana, Wisconsin, and Iowa. And then the two on the road are Maryland and Purdue. That means that we have to win one on the road to go bowling. And the way this team has looked on the road this year, I'm, I'm not so sure we will. I mean, I don't think we're, we're, we're one, definitely not beating Wisconsin. And I don't know if we can beat Iowa. I mean, I don't think they're severely talented. I mean, they're just a boring team. And that boring team can run the ball just like Minnesota and Wisconsin. It's um to to piggyback on that. It's like uh uh they may be boring, but they've perfected it. You know, it's it's they yeah, they yeah, they've exactly. been doing it so long. And and I'm I'm glad you brought that up because it it brings me brings up something that I thought about earlier is I remember you know Scott Frost's introductory press conference when somebody in the media says somebody in the media says that was weird to hear myself back. That was what? I, I heard myself talking back to me. 
very briefly. It was weird. Uh, but, you know, so what, one of the members of the media asked the question, they're like, uh, how are you going to, I'm paraphrasing, but something like, how are you going to adapt to the Big Ten style of play? And Frost says something like, well, my hope yeah. is that they're going to have to adapt to us. I don't see that happening. They're, I don't either. I, you're going to have to get bigger and stronger up front and have the, the type of offensive line that Big Ten you know, team, big successful Big Ten teams have. You're going to have to have an offensive line that's built like Wisconsin. You're going to have to have a defensive line that's built like Ohio State. And you're going to have to put those two together if you want to compete and win the, the uh, you know, conference championship. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Frost realized that a little bit in his first, after his first year, like, he said we need to get bigger and we need to get faster. Well, that's all well and good, but I still think that he needs to grow as a coach and understand that his plays might not work all that well on the Big Ten either. You know, I'm all for tempo and getting up to the line, but maybe we should hold back on that a little bit and just try and get the basics down. The stuff that Iowa, Wisconsin, and apparently Minnesota can do really well. And then we can start building on top of that. It, it's a, I mean, no, you're right. Simplify it. Like, like we mentioned, you know, perfect the boring. And after you've perfected the mm-hmm. boring, then you can branch out and, and, uh, uh, do some razzle dazzle. I, I, I'm not making up words. I'm, I'm just, choosing really poor words to well, I agree. my point across. <laughs> so, I, I, I don't know. I, obviously, nobody's asked us our opinion, uh, you know, from the coaching staff. They don't care what we have to say. I At least I hope they don't care because I've, you know, never coached football. And, and uh, uh, you, you know, it's not – I'm no expert. I just I, – I've got eyes and I see things. And, and what I see doesn't make a whole lot of sense sometimes, you know. So, um we just got to keep keep plugging, keep keep plugging and playing, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to say. They got to figure stuff out over this over this bye week. They need to do some soul searching, I think. That's a good way of putting it. And uh it might be the best way to wrap this uh podcast up. Uh do a little soul searching. Uh they don't have an identity on offense or defense and they're going to have to figure that out because as you mentioned, you got Wisconsin in a month and Iowa in about six weeks, give or take. Eh, maybe, maybe, yeah, we'll go, we'll go with six weeks. I'm, I'm comfortable enough with that number. Uh, so you've got to figure stuff out. Uh, Indiana's not going to be a slouch because we don't ever see Indiana. We, we remarked about that, you know, a couple months back in, in our uh, preseason previews. We haven't, I think this will be maybe the second or third time we've seen Indiana since we've been in the Big Ten. We see Ohio, we see Ohio State like every year. And, and so that's that's a little ridiculous too, um, but Purdue's Purdue's no slouch, uh, or I shouldn't say no slouch. They they're not where they were last year, but they're going to be competitive. And then you you never know really what you're going to get when you go to Maryland uh, on my wife's birthday. So uh, all I know is that I'll be working that day, and that's sad for a lot of reasons. Um, but Evan, man, uh, it's late. We're all tired and we're all dejected. So. Uh, Thanks for hopping on and, and talking with me a little bit in this uh, coronation post game 
overreaction, the Minnesota edition, uh, and uh, and uh, we'll we'll catch up again next time, man. Yep, for sure. Sorry, I was a little late this time. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It allowed me to get a shower, and for that, we're all happy. Uh, so that is it. <laughs> that, that's the uh, as I mentioned, the aforementioned. Uh, now I'm just sounding redundant. This has been the Coronation Overreaction Minnesota Edition. I'm Greg Mahachko, Seven Weeby, and we'll see you next time here on Coronation Radio. <laughs>